the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The MSU gunman was known for prior offenses with a gun. The MSU gunman actually has a criminal history for illegal gun possession. Former ambassador to the U.N. Nikki Haley enters the 2024 presidential race. Definitely interesting on timing. It's never easy to be the first. The consumer price report has been released and it shows inflation remains stubborn. Your mortgage payment right now is about $11,000 more expensive today than it was two years ago. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, February 15th. I'm Mike Scott. The facts are starting to come to light in the wake of the tragic shooting at Michigan State University on Monday night. According to reports, Anthony Dwayne McRae, a 43-year-old who died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as police closed in, had a troubling history with guns, including at least one arrest prior to the shooting at MSU and potential red flags leading up to the massacre. McRae was arrested in 2019 in Lansing, charged with illegally carrying a concealed weapon. That is a felony that could have prevented him from legally owning a weapon if convicted. His defense attorney at that time raised questions about the constitutionality of the arrest, and ultimately prosecutors agreed to a deal that allowed McRae to plead to a misdemeanor. Meanwhile, even though the investigation into the shooting is still ongoing, that didn't stop Democrat lawmakers from taking an opportunity to condemn political opponents to gun control. Congresswoman Elise Slotkin smeared gun rights activists as people who don't care about children. As the representative of Oxford, Michigan, I cannot believe that I am here again doing this 15 months later. And I am filled with rage that we have to have another press conference to talk about our children being killed in their schools. And I would say that you either care about protecting kids or you don't. You either care about having an open, honest conversation about what is going on in our society or you don't. But please don't tell me you care about the safety of children if you're not willing to have a conversation about keeping them safe in a place that should be a sanctuary. Brad Palumbo, host of Based Politics, quickly condemned Slotkin's rhetoric as grotesque and unhelpful. This is honestly grotesque. This Michigan Democrat is blaming opponents of her anti-gun agenda for the MSU shooting. Before we even know what the shooter's motive was, how he obtained his gun, whether he obtained it legally, or really whether any of their proposals would have done anything to stop this at all. 
As it turns out, the MSU gunman actually has a criminal history for illegal gun possession. So the notion that more laws would have stopped him from committing this atrocity isn't super well-founded. But more importantly, it's so gross to attack Americans who disagree with you like this. We all want to keep kids safe. We just have different ideas about how to get there. This kind of toxicity isn't helping anyone. Leland Vinnert of News Nation echoes Palumbo's statement by saying that, in his opinion, the media has a class-based bias when it comes to shootings. As someone who has done this, TV news for 20 years, let me tell you, those anchors really don't care about the deaths of Brian Fraser, Alexandria Vernier, or Ariel Anderson. For them, it's about politics and probably to a certain degree, class. For TV executives in New York, the Michigan State victims could have been their kids. This hits very close to home for them. That's not the case for kids on the south side of Chicago. Just take this headline, for example, from WBEZ. Chicago Public Schools grapples with a spike in after-school killings. Last year, nine children, 17 years or younger, were killed on a weekday between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m., just three hours of the day. None of those killings made national news. Three times as many kids died in Chicago just between 2 and 5 p.m. last year, and nobody cares. Pastor Corey Brooks, founder of Project Hood in Chicago, says that in his opinion, he believes the media doesn't care about the deaths of poor people as much as those more financially well-off. No one should have to experience uh, a shooting death of their children while they're off at school. But like you said, I do believe it's about class. Uh, whenever we have these shootings on the South Side, they become so frequent and so, um, you know, so many people in our city become aware of them that these stories don't make national news and that they don't get the national attention. It's almost as if uh, people don't care unless it's uh, a national story. And so it, it really is hurtful. It really is a shame. And as a, as a country and as a nation, we definitely have to do better to be care, to be uh, concerned about all of our citizens, yeah. not citizens, not just some of our citizens. Former Detroit Police Chief Ralph Goodby concurs and believes that, in his opinion, if the MSU deaths occurred on the south side of Chicago or the east side of Detroit, there wouldn't be such a push for gun control. If you took those same three names and put them on the south side of Chicago those other five victims and put them on the south side of Chicago, the lower east side of Detroit, would we have the same level of, uh, of fervor to talk about gun control and talk about how we curb violence in our communities? So it is very much an issue of class. Uh, we can't ignore race because it disproportionately affects black and brown people. But I think class is the bigger issue. Michigan State University does not allow law-abiding students or staff to exercise their constitutional rights and carry guns on campus, even though if they live anywhere else in Michigan other than on a college campus, they can carry a gun with a proper permit and licensing. The United States now says those three downed aerial objects may have been benign. Daybreak Insider's White House correspondent Greg Clugston has the very latest on those UFOs shot down in American and Canadian airspace. 
There are still plenty of unanswered questions, but White House spokeswoman Karine Jean-Pierre says it's possible those flying objects shot down by U.S. fighter jets were harmless. The intelligence uh, community did say uh, that they are considering or looking this at this to be uh, potentially benign. Officials also revealed that a missile fired at one of the three objects over Lake Huron on Sunday missed its intended target and landed in the water before a second one successfully hit. Greg Clugston, the White House. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. former South Carolina governor and United Nations ambassador took to Twitter and announced through a video that she was running for president, the first official challenger to former President Donald Trump for the 2024 Republican nomination. Some people look at America and see vulnerability. The socialist left sees an opportunity to rewrite history. China and Russia are on the march. They all think we can be bullied, kicked around. You should know this about me. I don't put up with bullies. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. During the nearly three-minute-long video, Haley calls for new leadership in the Republican Party. Republicans have lost the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That has to change. Joe Biden's record is abysmal, but that shouldn't come as a surprise. The Washington establishment has failed us over and over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership. The announcement is in stark contrast to what the former Trump official said two years ago when she stated firmly that she wouldn't challenge her former boss for the White House. However, Haley says... She changed her mind due to the country's economic problems and a need for generational change. A slight nod to the septuagenarians who make up the frontrunners for the Democratic and Republican 2024 presidential tickets. Haley, 51, is the first in a long line of Republicans who are expected to launch 2024 campaigns in the coming months. Among them are Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former Vice President Mike Pence, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. Michael Schnell of The Hill says that there are pros and cons to Haley announcing so early. She is the first major Republican to jump in the race and take on former President Trump, who I will note is her former boss. So when we talk about timing, there are, as with many things in politics, some pros and some cons. 
On the pro side, this gives her extra time to get to know the voters, introduce her to the voters, and increase uh, that base and of support. Uh, Nikki Haley is announcing formally her campaign tomorrow in South Carolina. After that, she's headed to New Hampshire and Iowa, which, of course, are two states that are known to vote early in the electoral cycle. So this early announcement perhaps gives her more time to meet those voters and, and build up that support. But, of course, there are always some cons with this, is that now she is former President Trump's only Republican challenger at the moment. That can make her the target of increased attacks from him and his support and uh, and some of his allies. It remains to be seen. We're only a couple hours in, but definitely interesting on timing. It's never easy to be the first. Schnell explains why she finds Haley's use of the phrase new generation of leadership so interesting. Uh, it goes to say that's because a lot of things that she has in common with former President Trump, one of them, of uh, they actually served in the same administration, both both Republicans. So that could be one way that she can differentiate herself from the former president. But the reason why I found that to be particularly interesting is because if we look back to just last week, and we remember when uh, when Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she gave the uh, GOP response to the State of the Union, she also mentioned that uh, we're in need of a new generation of leadership among Republicans. Uh, this could potentially be a theme that we're seeing ink being used more and more among these younger Republicans as they see former President Trump as their main opponent in, in, in winning some of these elections and taking on the highest leadership positions. The Hills political reporter goes on to say that while Haley can boast that she's never lost an election, the run for presidency is a different beast altogether. A lot of politicians say this, uh, that, you know, when they run for president, we saw a couple in the 2016 and the 2020 cycle say that they've never lost an election before. Listen, it's a great thing to say on the campaign trail. It's a great thing to include in your stump speech. But at the end of the day, uh, this is an entirely different arena than any other form of electoral politics when you're running for president. Uh, the scrutiny is increased. Uh, the campaign uh, length is increased. And it's just you're dealing with a different territory. Nikki Haley ran for South Carolina governor, which was an impressive feat. Uh, but now we're talking about the entire country, the entire United States. So uh, in terms of how it could help her and how it could play into the race, it's great for a campaign speech, and I'm sure we'll be hearing her say that a lot uh, throughout her time on the trail. But she's entering arena like no other in American politics. Meanwhile, during his South Carolina stop last month, Trump said that Haley had called to seek his opinion on running for president. Trump pointed out her earlier pledge not to run against him, but said he made no attempt to stop her. If elected, Haley would be the nation's first female president and the first U.S. president of Indian descent. California Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein says she will not run for re-election. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue has more on this political development. Colleagues are calling her a legend, a titan. Feinstein turns 90 in June. You know, there are times for all things under the sun, and uh, I think that will be the right time. Feinstein is the oldest member of Congress and has faced questions in recent years about her cognitive health and memory. She was the first woman to serve as president of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors in the 70s and the first female mayor of San Francisco. Feinstein was first elected to the Senate in 1992. She reminded reporters she's not done yet. It's not till the end of next year, so... Don't hold your breath. Feinstein is also known as a centrist who would reach out to Republicans to find middle ground. Ed Donahue, Washington. The Consumer Price Report was released on Tuesday, and it shows that 
Prices eased once again in January compared to a year earlier, leading a few to say that the inflation that has had America in a chokehold for nearly two years was slowing. However, many more economists believe that the report showed that inflationary pressures will remain stubborn and will likely fuel price spikes later this year. The report suggests that consumer prices rose 6.4% in January from 12 months earlier, down from 6.5% in December. On a monthly basis, though, consumer prices increased a half percent from December to January. On a monthly basis, though, consumer prices increased a half percent from December to January, much higher than the 0.1% rise from November to December. Heritage Foundation research fellow Joel Griffith joined the Salem Radio Network and says the latest numbers on consumer prices are nothing to celebrate. Inflation is tracking nearly three times the Fed's target rate of 2%. That core rate, which excludes those volatile items like energy, um, is still well in excess of 5% year over year. Griffith says the typical family has lost more than 6 thousand dollars per year over the last two years simply due to inflation. The cost of living is rising faster than than wages. We've seen 22 consecutive months where we've seen year over year real wage decline. Griffith tells the Salem Radio Network two areas continue to be particularly affected by inflation. That doesn't even factor in the fact fully that if you're looking to buy a home as as a family, Your mortgage payment right now is about $11,000 more expensive today than it was two years ago. And if you have any type of credit card debt, the interest rates are so much higher now than they were just a few years ago. Griffith goes on to say that the latest figures don't mean prices are coming down. The pace of increases is slowing. Well, that doesn't mean prices are coming down. You still see prices that are um, escalating um, at a faster pace than they have in the past. Two major auto companies are stepping up to stop car thieves. Daybreak Insider's Bill Alexander has more on how these companies are helping keep your ride safe. Hyundai Motor Company and Kia will offer software upgrades to 8.3 million U.S. vehicles to help curb increasing car thefts. Car thieves are using a method popularized on TikTok and other social media channels. TikTok videos showing how to steal cars made from 2015 to 2019 without push-button ignitions have spread nationwide. Many 2015 to 2019 model year Hyundai and Kia vehicles have no electronic immobilizers, which prevent break-ins and bypassing the ignition. The feature is standard on nearly all vehicles made by other manufacturers during that period. I'm Bill Alexander reporting. Now that the Super Bowl has ended football for the year... It's time for baseball. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters has more as hope springs eternal. Spring training opened Monday in Florida and Arizona, and there'll be lots of new changes like pitch clocks, limits on defensive shifts, and larger bases. Players are reporting early ahead of the World Baseball Classic. Opening day is March 30th. This season, we'll see some star players in new places, Jacob deGrom, Justin Verlander, Trey Turner, and Xander Bogarts. There are also four new managers, Bruce Bochy, Matt Quattraro, Pedro Griffal, and Skip Shoemaker. Keith Peters reporting. 
And finally, a Florida man had to fight off a wild bobcat in order to save his daughter's dog. Coda is one lucky dog. Paul Broadhurst was walking his daughter's dog Saturday morning when he says a bobcat came out of the woods and attacked them. Broadhurst jumped into action and saved Coda. He has scratches to prove it. Paul Broadhurst describes how the bobcat jumped out of the woods to attack his daughter's dog, Coda. As he was walking down the sidewalk here, that bobcat come out and just right over top of him. Uh, and like I said, he no sooner got there and, and I ripped him off. Broadhurst then explains how he had to fight the bobcat who was clawing at him. The bobcat, he clawed in to be pretty good. Uh, and I end up actually having to punch the bobcat in the mouth to get it off of me. Uh, and then Got it back, you know, got it on the ground and it took off into the tree line. Frank Robb of EARS, the Environmental Education Awareness Support Service, says that unfortunately attacks like the one that happened to Broadhurst are becoming more common. When homes get built, uh, these wild these wild areas are being taken away. You're going to see more and more conflict like this with uh, with wildlife. It's only going to continue need to be very aware of your surroundings, know, understand where you live. Rob says that people should focus on how to protect themselves from wildlife if they go out for a walk. Why it happened doesn't matter as much as how do you keep it from happening to you. Carry something to put as a put between you and said animal. Be aware if you see something that doesn't belong, turn around and go a different direction. Broadhurst is concerned about the attack because he says there are many small children in his neighborhood. This is a very high traffic area. People walk their dogs, people have their kids, uh, and if that was a kid, you know, there's a lot of small kids in the area. Uh, one, two, three-year-olds. Uh, and, and if a bobcat were to get on, on those, it, it'd be, it would be a bad outcome. If you are heading out for a walk in a heavily wooded area, experts suggest taking a walking stick with you. It will give you a little extra support on your walk, and can be used as a tool to keep a wild animal at bay. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.